grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is Luke chapter 24. Hear the part that reads, And behold, I am sending you the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed from on, with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. You may be seated. Johannes, wake up. Cretina is here. It's Cretina, do you hear? The sick man now was in his right mind. Cretina, it is good for you to come. You are kind, Cretina. God will reward you. And me? He will punish. So he will be exalted and declared righteous in all his judgments, but it will go badly for me. Cretina, why? Why isn't it like it used to be? Do you remember? Do you remember when we sang the old songs from the Lamb, from Moses and the Lamb? Then, then my heart was glad. Do you remember? Then my heart was glad. Those were the words of Johannes from the book, The Hammer of God. You see, memories have a way of comforting us when we are in difficult times. Memories have a time, has a way of filling us when we have lost. Memories give us security in times of change. Though it was last Thursday, today we celebrate the ascension of our Lord. It's a joyous time as St. Luke records, and they worship Jesus and return to Jerusalem with great joy. Today, we are here to examine the why so that we may continue to rejoice over Christ's ascension as we face the challenges, the changes, and the loss we experience in our own lives. So Luke wrote, While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Jesus is gone. They don't see him anymore. And as Luke records, or excuse me, as Acts, is it recorded in Acts, it says that they were staring up into heaven. Now, 43 days earlier, they thought also that Jesus was gone. And that time they ran away. That time they were feeling guilty. That time they were denying him. What has changed? Certainly Jesus has risen from the dead and appeared to them, and yet they have doubts, like the Emmaus disciples. They also were terrified behind locked doors, doubting and going back to their old way of life fishing, as we heard in the Gospel of John. What has changed to bring this great joy? 
First, not only are they to look to the past, but second, they are looked to the past as they are directed to the Scriptures. And third, they can rejoice in the present and forever. For believers are rooted in the past. They all had experiences. They had experience of various aspects of the crucifixion. They all struggled with the meaning of the resurrection appearances of Jesus. They heard Jesus' teaching and they saw Jesus' miracles. They heard the Sunday school lessons of what God had done in the past. All the way Jesus has been with them, rooting them in the past. Yes, He was with them. As we face the challenges and the changes and the losses of our lives, we too have the past. Our memories give us a sense of who we are. In our memories, good or bad, our parents brought us into the world. We were raised and brought up to this point in our lives. We have memories. And in a way, those memories define who we are. Can you imagine getting up in the morning and looking in the mirror and seeing a different person and waking up in a different room than you went to sleep in? Well, if you had no memory of it, you wouldn't panic at all, would you? There's no memory. You're starting over. It is our memories that keep our lives intact from one day to the next. In fact, as a believer, God does not eliminate our memories. He is with us. That brings us to the second point. Believers are rooted in the Scriptures, and that's exactly what Jesus does. He roots His disciples in the Scriptures. He roots us in the Scriptures. The Scriptures give us a perspective on our memories of the past, Look at the disciples. They had experienced the horrific death of our Lord Jesus. Even after their resurrection, after the resurrection, they could not shed those memories, especially of their part in it, their failures, their sin. And those memories clouded everything they saw and did. And so when Jesus appears to them again and again, they still have trouble. What does Jesus do? But he opens their minds to the Scriptures. The only way the disciples can live with themselves is to see themselves and what has happened in the light of the Scriptures. Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer, on the third day rise from the dead, and repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. It was going to happen no matter what they did and how they maneuvered things. Peter, again, tried to defend Jesus in the garden, but Jesus willingly goes with the guards. Judas goes ahead and tries to manipulate things by betraying Jesus with 30 pieces of silver. And yet Jesus goes to the cross 
and he is so feeling so guilty. Some people like to pick and choose what part of the Bible is meaningful to them. And there was a while in modern history that the church would pick the New Testament over the Old. Therefore, the church avoided the Old Testament for the most part. And maybe some of you could remember the old TLH and you paged through the lessons that were picked. Very, very few Old Testament. And you may have heard that the Old Testament is law and the New Testament is gospel. Not true. There's a lot of law in the New Testament and there's a lot of gospel in the Old or maybe you've heard that the Old Testament is fulfilled. And so, as we look at the New Testament, so we don't have to use the Old Testament anymore. That's not true as well. Jesus reminds us what part of the Bible he used. These are my words that I spoke to you while I was with you, that everything about the me in the law and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And so also Jesus said, these are the scriptures that testify about me in John chapter 5, verse 39. And yet many of us will go ahead and avoid the Old Testament. But for Jesus, it was the only testimony, the only testament that he had to use. The New Testament wasn't written yet. I'm not saying that we shouldn't read the New Testament. What I am saying is that we need to read the whole Testament. For all of the Bible testifies about Jesus, His work, and more importantly, His promises. And that brings us to the third point, rejoicing in the present and forever. The experiences and the memories of a believer put in the context of the Scriptures causes rejoicing in the present and forever. Let's talk about those experiences in church. When a child is brought up to the baptismal font and stands there with the godparents and the pastor goes ahead and pours a little water over the child's head, that's our experience. Nothing really great. We'll get more wet in the bath or a shower, wouldn't we? And have more fun in a lake or the sea. However, we also hear the words commanded by our Lord. I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that makes all the difference. No longer it is just getting wet or a simple ceremony in the church. It is where we are joined with Christ. We are joined not only in His horrific death, but in His glorious resurrection. His life, His death, His resurrection becomes ours. According to Romans chapter 6, it is for us to live the new life today. In baptism, we experience our own death and our own resurrection. And God's Word enables faith to see what is really happening in baptism. As we heard in the epistle for today from Ephesians, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might 
that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. So also this applies to the Lord's Supper as well. We see a little round wafer and a little plastic cup of wine. It is but a little taste of bread and wine. And that's our experience. And yet we call it a meal. And we sing, this is, the vic- this is the feast of victory for our God. An unbeliever hearing or watching would laugh at us that we, in his eyes, would be so deluded to think such things. That's the experience of an unbeliever. He has no memory of what we are doing, no word of God that he should believe. However, we hear the very words of Jesus, this is my body, this is my blood. St. Paul says of it, it is the Lord's death that you proclaim. And the unbeliever would be shocked that this bread and this wine is proclaiming the Lord's horrific death as something, excuse me, that is used to proclaim something so horrible as the crucifixion. But we hear it is for the forgiveness of sin. you take your hymnal out and page, turn to page 369. Page 369, way down the bottom. Oh, 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 oh. Is that right? No, I am wrong. 329. There we go. 329. Page, right on the bottom there are question 16. Why should we remember and proclaim his death? Let's read this together. First, so we may learn to believe that no creature could have satisfaction for our sins. Only Christ, true God and man, could do that. Second, so we may learn to be horrified by our sins and to regard them as very serious. Third, so we may find joy and comfort in Christ alone and through faith in him be saved. It is the forgiveness of sins that gives us great joy. It is the forgiveness of sins that makes all of our experiences, our memories, all of what Christ went through, a joy for us. For the scriptures give us the understanding of our experience and joins God's people, joins us to God's people and God's mighty deeds of salvation centered in Jesus Christ. So now what? The disciples were continually in the temple blessing God. We are here today and come each week to hear and to see and experience what God has for us. We wait expectantly for the promise of the Holy Spirit to work in us, granting us confidence to face the challenges, the changes, and the loss. And right now, God is giving you that spirit so that you are his witnesses wherever you go. Thank the Lord and sing his praise. Tell everyone what he has done. What about Johanna? Well, you'll have to go read the book. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.